Ah, relationships. Something everybody wants and nobody wants to talk about. Let's get into it. Welcome, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Jacob Seed Podcast. I am so happy that you are here um, with me, your boy, Yahu. Hope everybody's had a great week, a great day, a great hour. Whenever you're listening to this, I hope your day is going well and full of plenty of shalom. Uh, listen, I want to thank all you who continue to tune in each and every week. Uh, all you who um, interact with me on Instagram, on social media, that's what Jacob Seed is primarily on. Um, if you do not follow me on Instagram, it's at Jacob Seed 12 at Jacob Seed 12 on Instagram, as well as Yermi Yahoo 15 on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, yeah, you guys have been awesome. You guys have been awesome. This is the third season. Uh, you guys continue to rock with me and support me, support this podcast. And I thank you and I thank you. Um, as I always say, I can't keep going. I wouldn't be able to keep going without the support um, that I'm getting from you all. It's been awesome. It's been awesome. It's been humbling because I am but nothing but a um, but a servant um, who saw a need and is trying to fulfill that need the best of to the best of my ability. Um, also, listen, uh, I want you guys after you finish listening to this or you want to pause it now and just share this to five people that you may know, whether in the truth or out of the truth. Um so they may know about Jacob Seed Podcast, and hopefully this will be an avenue that helps them, um, if they're not in the way, uh, that they become part of the way and that they turn back to the uh, to the way of our, our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, and if they're already in the way, uh, this is just great content for them to have in their hands. Listen, I want to also thank all of you who have um, bought T-shirts as well from the website. Um, if you have not purchased a T-shirt, you can always go to Instagram whether on Yahoo 15 or or at Jacob C 12, press the link in the bio, um, and then you'll you'll the little website will pop up and you'll see store. We have um, all different kind of T-shirts, hoodies, long sleeves uh, for men, women, and some for children as well. Um, all different kind of colors. Um, you can look at that, and you can look go to my um, Jacob C 12 uh, Instagram page and click on tees and hoodies in the highlight section, um, and see what we have there. Uh, I think I got all that stuff out of the way. So listen, let's talk about relationships, right? So a good relationship is something that everyone desires, but most people do not want to talk about. I think number one, because we have a lot of baggage and we lot of, we have, some of us have a lot of hurt, um, and pain that comes with being in past relationships. And we don't want to harp on that. We want to move past those moments, Right. And try our best as quickly as we can to get into a great relationship. Um, and some people just think they know. They think they're experts. Um, and they they think they don't need to talk about the relationships because they have it all figured out. Um, both of y'all wrong. <laughs> both of y'all wrong. Listen, I'm not an expert. I've been married for 11 years. It's 11 years. Um, this past December 2019, uh, I've been married. Thank you. Thank you. And... Um, I still wouldn't call myself an expert in relationships. I know people who've been married far longer than me and would not call themselves experts in relationships. Relationships are fickle and they're funny. Um, they have a weird ebb and flow. It's like water. Um, they move, turn, twist and change all kind of different ways. Um, even I can say in marriage, the person that you marry, the person that you say I do to is not going to be the same person that you have kids with. It's not going to be the same person 10 years down the road. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to have somebody. Obviously, you're going to have children with the person you said I do with. What I'm saying is their attitudes change, their likes and dislikes change, their personality may even change. A lot of things change in relationships, whether it's a marriage, whether you're courting somebody or whether it's even a friendship. Right. You have those three levels um, of <clears throat> of relationships. So you have your you have your very basic relationships. So those are probably like your work relationships, uh, people you may play basketball with or um, you may work out with them or whatever it may be your, your your most basic relationship. Right. And then you have kind of that second level of relationship. You have like your friends, um, you have your family, 
Uh, you have um, you may have some of those work acquaintances that you may go out with, um, you know, and share and share a deep friendship with them. And then you have that very deep third level of relationship, someone that you are extremely intimate with, <clears throat> excuse me, someone that you are extremely intimate with. Um, and I pray that that person is your spouse and not your girlfriend or your boyfriend. If we're talking about intimacy, especially sexual intimacy, because uh, we never want to arouse anything before. Uh, before it's time, as it says in, in uh, Songs of Solomon. But um, as we know, um, the Bible, the scriptures, um, both the Tanakh and the Brit Hadashah, which is the New Testament, does not explicitly give us kind of a roadmap to relationships, right? Especially in that courting stage. Um, it, uh, the book of Sarek, uh, Sarak talks a lot about um, friendships. We know how to treat our parents. We got to honor them. Um, it talks. Paul talks a bit about marriage, and we can also see uh, Moses talk a bit about marriage. Yeshua talk a bit about marriage, but there's not a lot in the scriptures when it comes to singleness. Um, in this episode, I want to focus on both singleness and on marriage. So I'm going to try to tackle singleness first. I haven't been single in like 13 years, um, so you know. Hey, I've been out of the game for a while, but that's all right. Okay, I I still think I have some advice um, as it pertains to the scriptures of of what your singleness should look like. Right. And then we're going to try to jump into marriage. I was going to think about making this like a two part series, but I think we can fit this into one podcast um, that will be less than an hour long. Uh, Let's see if we can do that. So that's I guess that's a challenge to myself. Um, So let's let's first start with. Um, singleness. So I know there's a lot of people that may listen to this podcast. You're single. Um, You may, you may be on one of two spectrums, right? So you may love your singleness. You may hate your singleness. You may be one who is not even looking for a relationship. You may be one who is actively looking for a relationship, or you may be um, unfortunately one of those people who are, you're a serial dater. So you go in and out of relationships. So you, you, your last relationship was three months ago and you just started a new one or heck your last relationship may have been three weeks ago and you're already in a new one. Um, we're going to talk about all of that and those insecurities that come with uh, being single sometimes um, and know that God has a bigger plan for you. And that plan may not be marriage and you may have to be OK with that. Um, and then we're going to talk about um, the role of a husband a role of a wife uh, when it comes to marriage and how to keep that marriage going, right? How to keep the flames there, as they say. So first, let's let's get into singleness, right? So like I said, I haven't been single for a while, but um, these are things that when I was single, that I wish someone would have told me, right? So I have a lot of, I have some friends who are life coaches and they are very, um, they have their, their, their expertise is relationships. So I got a lot of this. I got a lot of this from them. So number one, as a single person, as a single person, you have to know, um, that you have to be mature emotionally because marriage or another relationship does not cure your bad relationship habits. So we have we have two people when it comes to being um, emotionally unstable. Right. We're not going to get deep into that. Um, actually, the, the the men in my assembly were going through a book by Jason Wilson called Cry Like a Man. I would recommend that it talks about um, how to be as a man, especially an African-American, so-called African-American man. Um, we know we're Israelites, but anywho, um, how to be emotionally stable. Right. So, like I said, marriage or a, this new relationship will not cure your bad relationship habits. So we have two people on two different sides of the spectrum. So you have one person who's just all kind of jacked up and ain't trying to change nothing, whether they're male or female. Right. So you have you have a male who is uh, just say the stereotypical guy who's just just running through women and don't know when he's going to stop. Um, you have a you have a, a wayward girl. You have a wayward woman who's just running through men and don't know when she's going to stop. And but then you on the flip side, you have those men who think that they can fix that girl. And you have some women who think they can fix that boy. And it's just not going to work that way. Um, 
New relationships don't cure old bad habits. I'll say that again. New relationships, especially marriage, does not cure your old bad relationship habits. Those are things that you have to work on as an individual. So you may work on them with somebody, but but um, but marrying someone doesn't fix that. Doesn't fix that. Um, getting in a new relationship with someone does not fix that. If anything, it makes it worse. Let me tell you something about marriage, single people. Marriage does not mask your insecurities. It does not mask your flaws. It does not mask your shortcomings. Here's what it does. It puts a huge magnifying glass on all of that stuff. Right? So what marriage does, it is it's a it's an instant sanctifier. So you are literally in this um, inescapable, this inescapable accountability with somebody else. And all it does is it magnifies all of your flaws. You thought you were selfish before you got married. You don't know what selfishness is. You thought you was childish and immature, immature before you got married. You don't know what immaturity even is yet. You thought you was a fool before you got married. You don't know what foolish is yet. Believe me, marriage does not cure or new relationships don't even cure your bad relationship habits. They just increase them because once you've been in a relationship with someone long enough, they 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 figure out all your BS. They figure it all out. And most of them, if they're a good one, a good man or a good woman, they'll call you out on it and it's just going to intensify it. And then most people, what they do is they try to spin it and put it back on that other person. I'm not foolish. You just don't understand what I'm trying to do. You the foolish one. I'm not immature. I'm trying to be civil here. You the immature one. Right. So we go back and forth and back and forth. And all you do is you get yourself in more heartache and more heartbreak. And it's not the other person's fault. It's because you have failed. You, you don't have what's the word I'm looking for. You don't have good self-awareness to know that you are just a fool. You don't have good self-awareness to know that you are immature. You don't have good self-awareness to know that uh, you don't manage money well. You don't communicate well. You're bad at conflict or or whatever your flaws or shortcomings are. You don't have the self-awareness to realize that you have them until you get into a serious relationship and exposes all those flaws. So marriage and new relationships do not cure bad relationship habits. What cures bad relationship habits? First, recognizing that you ain't perfect. You are not God's gift to women. You are not God's gift to men. You are a flawed, wretched, stiff-necked individual who's in need of daily grace each and every day. And you are in need of the love of the Father each and every day. And you should be thanking him that he sent Yeshua to save your tail each and every day. Because each and every day we fall. But the Most High has given us a way that each and every day we can get back up through the work that Yeshua did on the tree for us. All right. So you have to first realize that you are not as as bad and as cold as you thought you was. Too many, too many folks and told you was a bad mamacita with a body like a bottle coat, like a like a like a Pepsi bottle Coke. Do they still say that? I don't know. I was, I was born in the 80s. So back then it was the, the Coke bottle look. Right uh, now. I know they say bad mamacita. Right. So somebody told you was a bad mamacita. Somebody told you you was fine. Somebody told you you looked like Denzel or, or, or Will Smith. I don't even know if they, they used them. You know, somebody told you you look like Tyson. I don't even know Tyson, the model. So if you thought I was saying Tyson the boxer, then we we are not in the same generation there. All right. But somebody told you, man, that you look good with your 360 wave or your bald head and your shiny beard and it went to your head. Now you think you somebody. Now you about to get in a relationship thinking it's all about to be smooth and all this other stuff. And all of a sudden, all your flaws are exposed because all you did was continue to work on your physical, going to the gym getting that beard oil, 
um, uh, getting those, those eyelashes, getting that makeup, whatever it is. But you never really worked on your heart and on your soul when it comes to relationships. The best thing you can do to be a good, um, to have a good relationship with somebody else is not to try to get close to them, but you need to be trying to get close to the most high because the most high getting close to him will shed all, all those flaws. He, he will reveal all those flaws to you. He will. And all those flaws will begin to shed off of you. When your relationship with the most high becomes mature and it grows and it becomes strong, then and only then will your relationship with everybody else, whether it's the surface relationship, whether it's the friendship level, the friendship and friends level, or whether it's the intimacy level. If you don't have a good relationship with the most high, your relationship with with um, your relationship with the one you're trying to be intimate with at best will be based off of performance and not off of love. It will be based off of performance and not off of love at best. So that leads me, that leads me to, to my second thing. Uh, when a relationship is based off of sex, it is based off of performance and not off of love. Yeah, I went there. See, a lot of us out here talking about, um, and let me just say this. Let me just, I'm just, I'm just going to say this because I believe this is a huge elephant in the room when it comes to the Hebrew culture. We got a lot of dudes out here talking about sex is marriage. So if I sex you, then you become my wife. Now, is there evidence of that in the scriptures? Did we go to a marriage ceremony and go to the county clerk and get, uh, did our ancestors go get a certificate of marriage and sign that and pay whatever money to the county clerk and say, hey, now you're married? No, they didn't. What did they do? Um, the father found a good man for his, his daughter. The man would pay a dowry. She was supposed to be a virgin. When they had sex, they consummated the marriage. He would bring a sheet back to the father-in-law, his father-in-law with blood on it to show that, yes, your daughter was a virgin. And if it didn't have blood on it, well, there were, there's other steps to take, but more, more than likely, Maybe she wasn't a virgin. He wants his money back. He wants to put her aside, right? So, yes, our, in our ancestry, because we don't have the modern things today, that when they had sex, it consummated the marriage. But this is what's happening in the Hebrew community because we got some low-down, dirty, <clears throat> excuse me, brothers out here who are taking advantage of our sisters. So they, didn't, they got, if they want to say sex is marriage, they got 20, 30, 40, 50 wives out there. Because what they're doing is they're coming in these houses, especially with single mothers, whispering all this stuff into their ear, um, telling them all these good things that they're going to do. And they're going to say that, you know, well, we ain't got to I ain't got to meet your parents. You ain't got to meet my parents. We ain't got to know each other's friends. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe he does. And then he wows all the friends. He says, we know what? We ain't got to go through regular ceremony. If you have sex with me, you my wife. He smash. He gone. And now, now her life all torn up. She going telling people that this awakening is false. It's full of a whole bunch of uh, horny, no good men uh, that just want to fornicate with women. And that's all this awakening is about. A bunch of men who want multiple wives and want to fornicate. That's a, that, that, that is a narrative that's going on out there. And I want to let y'all know, if a brother's not going through the proper channels, then he don't want you. If your relationship is based on sex, before he commits to you or before she commits to you, because some brothers don't like to admit it, but they're they're forced into or um, pressured into having sex by the woman. A lot of brothers don't want to admit that, but it happens. That's not the relationship for you, because if it's based on sex, you're starting off a relationship based on performance, even if you get married. Because when the perform when you stop performing what happens to the relationship? If your relationship was based off of performance, if it was based off of good sex, if it was based off of good cooking, if it was based off the fact that she she could she could make good fringes and she and she quit making them fringes, he or she quit making them good meals, and he or she quit giving you that good mm-hmm, then then what happens to the relationship? 
Your relationship has to be based on unchangeable, unequivocal, unmerited, unchangeable, unrefutable, unbreakable love. Love that digs down deep into the soul of a man, deep into a soul of a woman, and that says that I would step in front of a a raging crowd for you. I would go starving just to see you fed. I would go naked just to see you clothed. I would rather be in mourning for the rest of my life to see you hurt. That's the kind of love that your spouse has to have for you, especially if you're single. That's the kind of love that the person you're courting has to have for you. Why? Because that's the kind of love that the Most High had for us. So he said, yeah, you messed up, but I love you. I love the seed of Jacob so much that I'm willing to give my only begotten son. And check this out. When he made when he made the covenant with Abraham. And he, he made that blood covenant, that blood sacrifice, and he cut that he cut those animals up. And in Abraham, the, the 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 thing is, let me let me tell you quickly. So in, in 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 the east, when you have a blood sacrifice, you take a you take the animals, um, you take a bull and you take some birds and you cut them up in pieces. You walk through the blood and you trample on the blood, and you say, um, whatever the covenant was. If you don't abide by the covenant, this is what I'm going to do to you. I'm going to cut you in pieces and stump on your carcass. But Abraham didn't even get get a chance to get to it because because the most high put him in a, in a sleep. And in that dream, he saw the most high do all those things. So the most high is pretty much telling Abraham, if I don't come through for you, I'm going to do this to myself. I will cut myself up and trample on myself. I will kill myself. If I don't come through for you, Abraham, that's how much I love you. And we know that the most high is eternal. He cannot die. He's not going to kill himself. So that's why he he um, he keeps his promise with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. That's how we know we're not replaced. That's how we know that 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 Israel, he did not destroy and that he will uh, regather us once again. But that's also the same kind of love that you have to have for the person that you're courting single man, single woman, and it should be reciprocal. That person should also show that same kind of love back to you. So you can have that love for them, but if they don't have that love for you, you don't need to be with them. Check this out. For everybody that's single out there, if that person is serious about you, for the woman, you don't give that man no kind of loving, no kissing on the lips, No nothing, no feeling, no touching, no dry humping, nothing for six months or a year, depending on when it's time for y'all to get married. Some people know in six months, some people it takes 12 months. I don't think it should take longer than 12 months. If you're in a relationship with somebody for 12 months, that, that should be enough time for you to meet friends, meet family on several occasions, know that person uh, and all that good stuff. Uh, So if if you y'all still together without 12 months and he has not committed to you, woman, then he ain't going to commit to you. Then it's a forced commitment and a marriage is not going to be that good. When you guys are courting as a single person, it's all about intent. For instance, when I met my wife for the very first time, I just knew. I knew. I knew then. But we dated for 11 months before we got married. In those 11 months, I met her, her closest friends. I met her family on several occasions. She met my family. She met my closest friends because the intent was always marriage. So we did everything we could in that 11 months to get to know each other. Our flaws, our history, our background, all that good stuff. Had all those intentional conversations. So somebody is holding back from you. You've been with somebody for 12 months and don't know them. You've been with somebody for six months, don't know them. I mean, that's a problem. In my opinion, that's a problem. But for the ladies, don't give up nothing. The best you can do for him is give him a good meal. That's it. He can't be staying at your house. Can't be kissing on no lips. Can't be feeling on no body parts. And definitely cannot be sexually active until he commits. And when I say commit, I don't mean get on one knee and give you a ring. 
I mean, he says, I do. The wedding night. For the men, you don't give that girl nothing. No purses, no bags, um, no hair, no eyelashes, no makeup, no money, whatever she's into for that same amount of time. And then we'll really see who's committed and who's not. That's just advice I have, right? That's just some advice I have. So you, you cannot start a relationship. Number one, you cannot erode or get rid of bad relationship habits by starting a new one. Number two, you cannot start a relationship off as a performance based, whether it's sex, whether it's food, whatever it may be. It cannot be performance based. Number three, um, if you don't have an official title, it's not a relationship. It's what we like to call a situationship. So, you know, you get on Facebook and you see some people and it's like, oh, um, Brian and, and Lisa, but it's complicated. Yeah, it's real complicated because one of them jokers ain't trying to commit and you ain't really in a relationship. If you ain't, if this ain't, if you don't enter, if they still introducing you as this is my friend, Lisa, or hey, girls, I want you to meet my friend, Brian. Like, no, y'all not committed. Y'all not together. Y'all need a real title and y'all need to commit to that title. Right. You need a real title and you need to commit. to. I know that's real simple and maybe real small and petty. But if somebody's not willing to commit to a title, how are they really willing to commit to you as a lifelong marriage partner? Just a question. If your main communication is through social media, text message, you're not in a relationship. You're not in a relationship. You don't know anybody on social media. Social media allows people to be whoever they want to be. So I know I know a lot in this Hebrew movement. A lot of brothers and sisters are meeting up on Facebook, on WhatsApp, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever it may be, and think, oh, I'm in a relationship with this person. And the problem is, as soon as she put down, as soon as she get finished talking to you on DM and put down her phone, she rolling over to another brother. Or heck, she may be at Applebee's with the brother while she DMing you. As soon as he finished FaceTiming you and WhatsApping you, and hitting you up on Facebook, he putting his phone down and having dinner with his other woman. You don't know what's going on on the other side of that phone. You cannot commit to somebody that you only talk to on your phone through social media, text message, whatever it may be. That's not real. That's not real, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry to break somebody's heart, but that's not real. <clears throat> Excuse me. My throat, I ain't got my bottle of water like I usually have, but it's okay. We're going to get through this. I'm trying to move quickly because I don't want this podcast to run too long. But I'm also trying to give you some good content and some good, um, some good advice. And we're going to get to the scriptures and see what Paul has to say for singleness, single people as well, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, let's, you know what? Let's go ahead and go to the, let's, let's go ahead and go to the scriptures. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Um. First Corinthians chapter seven is great for both married and single people when it comes to relationships. So I would encourage you to read that whole chapter. <clears throat> My goodness. But we're going to start um, in verse number 32. Verse number 32. And it reads First uh, Corinthians 732. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried. Careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. So if you are single, do not wallow. Don't 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 spend too much time thinking about a uh, single man. You know, why can't I get a woman? What's wrong with me? I'm working hard. I'm making this money. <clears throat> I'm trying my best, uh, doing my best, and I just can't find the right one. Now, it is your job, according to Proverbs, he that findeth a woman findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor. Yes. And there's the Proverbs 31 man verses one through nine, I believe. And then the rest of that Proverbs 31 talks about a Proverbs 31 woman and all the characteristics and the qualities and all that stuff. I encourage you guys to go read Proverbs 31 to see what, what's, what's the qualities of a good single man? What's the quality um, of a good wife? And I say that because although both of those people are probably married, if they do not have those qualities in their singleness, they will not magically by osmosis develop those qualities in when you get married to them. 
Whoever they are when you marry them, when whoever they are when they're single is going to be who they are when you marry them. So unless you want to do a, a, a huge project and, and one of those DIY projects on somebody, marry somebody who has those qualities in Proverbs 31, whether it's a man or whether it's a woman. So the first part of thought, Proverbs 31 talks about the man. The second part talks about the woman. But as a single man, you want your job to be about the business of the Most High. Saturate yourself in the scriptures. Saturate yourself in prayer. Saturate yourself in fasting. Saturate yourself in serving your local assembly, congregation, camp, whatever it may be. Saturate yourself in those things. And the Most High will, will gird you up, build you up as the man you're supposed to be. Um, uh, wash away those flaws you have. And, and then um, he will. He, at the same time, he will be preparing um, a wife for you if... That is the will for your life through the most high. Every It's not everybody's um, journey to be married. That's not everybody's life journey. Some, pe- some people will be single all their life. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. and That sounds sad and whatever. <clears throat> but listen, Paul said, man, I wish everybody was single so that they have more time doing the work of the most high. Because when you get married, now you have to split your time. Right. You have to split your time between the work of the most high and then worrying about your worrying about your spouse. And you can't do the thing that's most important. And that's doing the business of the most high. And I think he even says that. So back to 32, it says, but I would have you without carefulness that he is unmarried, careth for the things that belong to uh, the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married care for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. So because I'm married, I'm with kids. I got to worry about how to keep this roof over their head, how to keep clothes on their back, how to keep food on their table. I got to worry about uh, performing well on my job so that I can keep it, so I can keep so I can keep providing for my family. Um, I got to look out for their their emotional well-being, their physical well, well-beings as well. There's a lot of stuff that goes into relationship, especially uh, when we're talking about being married and especially when you add kids to that equation. But you as a single person do not have all those things to, um, to, to go through. Um, then it says, then it says there is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. So he's assuming that if you ain't married, you a virgin. He's assuming that you keeping the law. And sisters out there, there's some brothers and sisters out there that's listening to this podcast that you're single. Um, you're not a virgin. Now I'm not going to be out there and tell you like these crazy folks that you you uh, you uh, that you have that that the Most High is going to restore your virginity and you're going to be a spiritual virgin. No, you ain't a virgin no more. Um, but I would challenge you to try your best. Try your best to keep um, celibate until you find your spouse and not when not a fiance, a husband, a wife. I'll repeat that again. Keep celibate until you find a husband and a wife, not a fiance. All right. So it says there's a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried wife careth for the things of the Lord that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. So the same goes for the single woman, that you have time to care for the things of the Most High. So now you have time to serve in your local assembly, your congregation, your camp, whatever you want to call it. You also have time to uh, saturate yourself in prayer, saturate yourself in fasting, and be around wiser, older women who can teach you and train you how to be that Proverbs 31 woman. So that man doesn't have to come and do a DYI project. Same for the man. Be around wiser men. And I, I preference wise before old because there's a lot of old fools. Just because you old and got gray hair don't make you wise. There's a lot of people with a with, with head full of white and they fools. Find yourself somebody that's wiser, that's older, preferably someone that has been married or that is married and has been in a marriage for a very long time. And you respect that marriage and that relationship and gain some things. As a man, learn how to lead. As a woman, learn how to submit. And so when you guys come together, neither one has to do a DYI project. Now, there's always going to be bumps and roads and ups and downs in marriage. Even even if you're a perfect person, it's just going to happen. But for the most part, you you guys are going to come into this relationship mature and ready to go. Uh, So that's what Paul says. Like if you're single, you have time to worry about the most highest business. But if you're married, 
You got to worry about the business of this world, trying to keep your family together. Right. So that's why he says, I wish that everybody would be like me single. So for the single folks, listen, do not be discouraged in your singleness. I'll say it again. Do not be discouraged in your singleness. Ask the most high how you can best use this time to serve him and do that. All right. So let's move on to the married folks. And this this podcast, this, at least this episode anyway, has run a little bit longer than I wanted to do, but that's okay. So we're going to get to the married people. And really the advice I have for the married people, we can all read the Ephesians and all those different things and go to those scriptures that we know about that talk about marriage and how you ought to love your wife and how you ought to submit to your husband and um, all those different things. Even in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 has a lot of good nuggets about what a husband ought to be doing with a wife, what a wife ought to be doing with a husband. But I'll say this, being married for 11 years, some of y'all be like, oh, man, that's a long time. And then some of y'all vets out there be like, oh, you just a spring chicken. You only been married for a quick second. And that's OK. What, I, what I've learned, me and my wife have gone through ups and downs. <clears throat> we have gone through, as the cliche says, some good times and some bad times. And then we've gone through some even worser than bad times. Is, is worser a word? Worser? I don't know. But we've we've gone through times that's worse than bad times. Right through some really, really dark areas in our marriage. Um, but all praises to the Most High that he kept us together um, for the sake of just unity, also for the sake of our children and all that stuff. And that's not to say for those who are listening to this that you've you've gone through marriage and you've gone, you may be separated now or you may be going through a divorce or you are divorced. That's not anything disparaging against you. But I'm saying that through our ups and downs, as me and my wife, um, we thank the most high that he was able to keep us together because it wasn't us. Because just like our ancestors, we are stiff necked people, stubborn as an ox. Don't want to change. Don't like change. But when the most high changes, you got no choice but to change. So I'll say this for the married couples. Number one, talking about change. A lot of us is hard for us to be married for any given time and experience change in personalities, change in likes and dislikes, I will say for the husband and the wife, pay close attention to your spouse because at some point in the marriage and on multiple occasions, they will begin to turn a corner and start to change. And that that doesn't mean anything is wrong with you or the marriage. That just means they're changed. What they liked two years ago, they don't like it no more. The place they liked to go five years ago, they don't like that no more. Um, the people they used to hang out with, they don't like them no more. Your friends that, 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 that they tolerated coming over, they may not like them friends no more. And you have to be okay with that. Because the most important person on this earth in a marriage is the person you're sleeping next to. Not your boys, not your girls, not even your mama and your daddy but your spouse. So when things change, please, please, you have to recognize change and adapt to it. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's strange. Yes, it's weird, but we have to do it um, if you want a successful marriage. If you want a successful marriage, you have to adapt to change. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. So you have to adapt to it. And the best way to adapt to it is to have those conversations about it. That's the second thing. Good constant, intentional communication. So we're not just talking about any and everything, just random stuff all the time, because that's not going to get you anywhere. You can talk about random stuff with, with Bill, three cubicles down at your job. That That's not special. But when we're having those deep, intentional conversations about some things that have changed in our marriage, also about some things that we found out in Scripture, that, that we want to personally change in our life because we've seen we've ourselves, we're, we're being self-reflective and we see the flaws that we have in our own self. And by reading the scriptures, we want to change those things for the better. Have those conversations with your spouse and for the spouse that recognizes those things, have those conversations with your spouse before the argument starts about, well, back then you used to like such and such, but now you don't like it. And I don't know why. I don't understand. I don't understand. 
We used to go here, but we don't go there no more. You used to talk to my friends. Now you always, you always acting funny when my friends come over. So before all that happens, realize the shift, recognize the turn, and have those intentional conversations about the change so that you can quickly adapt to it and move forward in the marriage, right? Because a lot of us don't like to communicate. We see the change. We sometimes even recognize the change, but we don't accept the change and we say nothing about it. We just keep moving on through life in our marriage like nothing's happened and nothing's changed when everything has happened and everything has changed. All right. Um, so the first thing, recognize the change. Second thing, uh, communicate about the change. But don't just communicate about the change. Have good communication overall in your marriage. If something's going on, let your spouse know. Don't walk around with a stank face and an attitude and your spouse trying to figure out all day long what they done done wrong to you when they ain't done nothing wrong. Have the have those intentional conversations. Hey, hey, babe, listen, I had a rough day at work today. I'm not in the mood to really talk right now. I'm not in the mood to be touched right now. I don't want to take any of this animosity out on you. So I'm about to spend about 30 minutes to an hour in the bedroom. Calming down, relaxing, watching TV, reading scriptures and prayer. However you, get your, however you get yourself to some good shalom. You do that. And then you come out of whether it's the bedroom or whatever it may be um, so that you're not taking that anger, that animosity um, out on your spouse, especially not out on your children. Communicate. So instead of just coming in the house, going straight to the room and shutting the door, communicate with folks what's going on with you. So they know so they can they can probably be praying with you or for you while you in there um, so that your husband, your spouse, your wife can be running a nice hot bath water for you to soak in so that your spouse can tell your kids, hey, hey, kids, listen, I know you guys it's regular. We come home and you're in the playroom want to be loud. Listen, either go outside with the noise or find a, a book to read or find something on the computer to watch or whatever it may be. Calm, get your kids calm down. Uh, see see if your wife or spouse needs anything. Sometimes what they need is space and silence. They don't want you talking to them or nothing, right? So have, communicate, communicate, communicate. Listen, thirdly, and this is the, this is the mistake that I made early on in my marriage. And, the, and, this, and this may not be everybody's deal, but I come from a very competitive family. I take just about everything as a challenge. So you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do everything in my power to prove that I can, to prove you wrong. That's just how competitive I am. That's the kind of family I come from. But your spouse is not your enemy. Your spouse is not, you're not to have a rivalry with your spouse. You guys should not be at odds with one another. You, as the Bible says, you leave your mother and your father and you cleave to your spouse you and your spouse should be ikhad one as as the most high and yashua his son are one as the scriptures say you should you should move together walk together talk together so 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 if i'm somewhere and i say something nobody need to ask well what does Teresi think they already know if Teresi is somewhere and she say something and I'm not present. They don't need to need. They don't need to ask. Well, what does Yahu think? Because they already know we move as one. Now, we're not the same people now. <laughs> don't get it twisted. We are very different people, very different personalities. And that's I think that's why we're attracted so much to one another. But when it comes to us as a married couple, we move, we talk. We roll as one. We understand that we are not each other's worst enemies. We're not each other's enemies at all. We're each other's best friends. Um, she is the closest person to me. I am the closest person to her. And sometimes because of that, we know how to piss each other off. We know the buttons to push. But as a good husband and as a good wife, we know we have the power to tear down one another. But we choose to continually build each other up. Now, that was not always so in the beginning now. This is 11 years of work. <laughs> in the beginning, we were foolish. 
We were immature. We were two 21, 22-year-olds thinking that we knew everything about the world, getting married at a young age. But we knew nothing. Had nothing, didn't know nothing. Rivaling with one another. One up in one another. And didn't realize that the energy that we were using to tear each other down is the same energy we should have been using building each other up. We realize that now. Right? 11 years that do that to you. So spend the energy building each other up, not tearing each other down. And lastly, this thing that ran, ran too long. I can talk about relationships all day long. I love it. I hope this information so far has been good to you. Listen, the last thing for, for married couples, continue to date your spouse. What does that mean? When you guys were courting, courting each other, you know, um, um, wife, you was you was you knew that you was about to go on a date with your fiance, with your boyfriend, and you got you got in your best, you looked your best, smelled your best. Y'all went out, had a good time, brother. You knew you was about to go out with your fiance, your girlfriend. You was looking your best. You was brushing your hair for for the last seventy two hours, trying to get that three sixty wave in there. You was dumping all that beard oil on your beard, making sure that thing was glistening and shining when you walked out the room. So that so that, so that when you walked out your house, that when you got to wherever you was getting to on that date, that day was gonna be perfect. You were smelling good, looking good. Now all of a sudden you got married. Walking around in the shower cap, beard all nappy, had the same drawers on for the last two days. You 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 don't know the last time you seen your wife in a in in, in a good looking dress. You don't know the last time you seen your husband uh, in a, in a good looking outfit. He walking out the house with wrinkled clothes on all the time now and picked up a few pounds. Y'all ain't been on a date in months. Hopefully. Hopefully y'all been on a date within the last 12 months. And that's the problem when we get married. We forget how to date one another. Don't do that. Continue to date your spouse. Wake up every day looking good, smelling good. Not for nobody at your job, anybody outside. But knowing that you you are somebody's. 1 Corinthians 7 also says, husband, your body don't belong to you. It belongs to your wife. Wife, your body don't belong to you. It belongs to your husband. Look good for your spouse. Go out on dates. If you have children, and especially if you have family in the same city, man, listen, drop them kids off at your sister's house, your brother's house, your parents' house if they're still living, and y'all go have a good time. Hey, there's even places that there's 24-hour daycares. Now, make sure you check them daycares out. You never want to put your child in a, in a crazy situation now. Um, there, there's even there's even mommy and daddy drop off deals where you can drop your kid off for a few hours, go out on a date and come pick them up. Like find those things in your community. Make sure they're legit now, especially if you have children. Now, if you if you marry without children, as me and my wife like to say, you're married single. You know, you're single married. That's what we say. You're single married. So them the married folks without kids, you can still leave your you, you married, but you can still live your life as if you're single. Right. Not saying that you dating other people and all that stuff, but y'all have the, the freedom and the time to go and come as you please. But when you have children in the mix, it changes everything. But still, even in that at least twice a month, y'all, twice a month, go out on a date and not just a movie and a dinner. Man, listen, me and my wife uh, recently, we went to a um, art exhibit. I ain't never been to an art exhibit. I'm just a country boy, man. Country boy from a little country town in Southern Illinois. I ain't never been to an art exhibit. I think it was nice, real, real nice. I felt real, you know, you know, had to pop my collar a little bit, felt real sophisticated and things, felt like I should have been walking around that thing with a bottle of uh, a glass of wine in my hand or something. But it was real nice and we both enjoyed it. So, man, continue to date your spouse. So let's have a quick recap for your singles, single folks. New relationships do not mask old flaws. Do not begin any relationship. Based on performance, whether sex or otherwise. Um, if you don't have a title, y'all not in a relationship, you're in a situationship. And if if you only talk to that man or that woman via social media, text message, FaceTime, y'all don't know each other. That's not a relationship. They, they plan around. Um, remember also, as a single person, saturate yourself in the things of the most high in prayer, um, in fasting, 
um, and in service to your local congregation. And if you are a man, find you an older, wiser man, preferably who's been married for a while, to teach you how to be that Abba, that strong leader in your house. And if you're a young lady, make sure you find that older, wiser woman who's preferably, preferably been married for a while or even been widowed, even for the man, if you're a widower as well. Um, but that can teach you how to be that ima, that, that strong water, that strong adhesive that keeps the family together. And for the married couples, listen, um, recognize change. When you recognize the change, acknowledge the change, accept the change. Have those meaningful, intentional conversations with your spouse on a daily basis and never forget to stop. Do not stop dating your spouse. Continue the same fun and energy and exuberance you had when you were in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s, whenever you got very first married to him now and continue that throughout the marriage. And I promise you, you're going to have your ups and downs. You're going to have your rocky stages. You're going to look at them and you're going you I can't stand you and they can't stand you. You're just going to have those moments because you're living with somebody for a long time. You're going to have those issues. But I promise you, build up your spouse. Do not tear them down. Um, and, and always keep the most high at the center of it all and everything will work itself out. Listen, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Again, share this with five people that you know. And as always, seek truth, live it out and inform others. Shalom. Thank you for listening to another episode of Jacob Seed Podcast. We ask that you subscribe, like, and review, as well as share this podcast on whatever platform that you're listening to this on. Have you ever wondered how to be a part of the show? You can call in to the podcast voicemail at 901-300-7474. Leave your comment and question, and we will play it on the next episode of Jacob Seed Podcast. Also, if you go to our Instagram page at JacobC12 or the host page at Yermayahu15 on Instagram or Twitter and press the link, you can find ways on how to support this podcast. You don't have a social media account? That's perfectly fine. You can go to linktr.ee forward slash JacobC12 to find more ways on how to support this podcast. We thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. And remember... Seek truth, live it out, and inform others. Shalom.